morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning, Graham, Chris, Hardik. Good to see you guys. Early bird gitches the worm. Hope you're well as back out, you Hardik. Good to see you, mate. Um, hey, welcome, folks. Welcome. Hello, Wealth Coffee Chat. Happy Tuesday. Terrific Tuesday, it is, um, which is awesome. Hey, thanks, Alison. Good shout out. Thank you. Um, thanks, Adrian. Hey, a few of you guys were there last night at, um, at our mentoring night. Uh, let me do this just quickly. Uh, turn that one on and turn that one off um, as we go. See what happens there. Hey, listen. Um, yeah, it was a good night last night. Thanks, thanks, guys. And uh, a pretty big conversation going on when it comes to the world of real estate and um, some uh, what we're all uh, what we're all understanding is the compression of our rental yields. And uh, what does it look like? Uh, will it last forever? Uh, good questions. We might sort of dig a little bit deeper this morning and scratch around and maybe have a little talk about that. Uh, last night we went uh, we went deep and we did some. Great discussions, myself and Sam, uh, about those things. So uh, for all of our members, for all of our mentoring clients, you guys were there to get that firsthand. But today I thought I might do a little little review uh, and maybe a couple of other things. But uh, a few shout-outs, a few shout-outs. Uh, Laura, James, Elise, Brendan, Alexis, Lexi, good morning. How are we, crew? Good to see you guys. Um, I'll just do the quick intros. Jason Witten's my name. If you don't already know, most of you do. But if you're new, if you're wandering by or you've just joined the mentoring program, you've just joined our program, uh, give us a shout-out. Say hello. Anne-Marie, Bradley, good morning to you. Give us a shout-out in the chat and let us know where you're dialing in from so we can uh, get the gist of uh, who we got online this morning. But great to see you no matter where you are, where you're coming in from. Fantastic to have you. We've got a couple of sayings around here. These morning wealth coffee chats are all about buying good quality real estate that you're happy to own for a long time. Uh, the saying is, buy well, never sell. Uh, this thing's a marathon, not a sprint. It takes time. It takes time to create uh, the wealth that you desire. And it takes a bit of spine, a bit of grit, a bit of uh, zhuzh. I don't know if that's the right word. <laughs> bit of George, bit of get up and go, a bit of bit of concentration to um, to keep it. Uh, Bradley, all the way from Mackay. Good to see you, mate. Thank you for joining us this morning, Angela. Hardix from Adelaide. Roz from the sunny coast. All right, we've got a good contingent dialing in this morning. So let's get into it, folks. What I wanted to do, maybe first off today, is talk about what's going on in the world of uh, real estate when it comes to our numbers. And I'm going to dust off a spreadsheet. It's early. Hope you've had your coffee. <laughs> but I thought we might uh, jump in and have a quick look at the the things that are happening right now when it comes to uh, the world of our property uh, investing and do some numbers on a live deal so we can get our heads around it. And then we'll talk about some of the stuff that I think uh, that, are, that is useful to understand and use so we can manage ourselves as we go with our portfolio. So good to see Ben. Got a bit of a full contingent now, so we'll dive into it. I'm pretty sure it's this one. So let's have a look. There we go. All right. So over here on my um, little spreadsheet, you know, some of the challenges right now, what we're having is that uh, – 
the values have gone up. You guys have seen this. We talked about it last night. We've got a we've had a boom. You know, the the marketplace has taken off and values have risen in many locations, if not all. Uh, and that's fantastic. We're all very thankful for that. You know, you you get um you get these sorts of booms every sort of five, seven, ten years in your portfolio and, and you're very grateful to be part of that machination of the, the market cycle. However, the challenge right now for us as we go along uh, and continue to grow our portfolio, for some of you sitting there, you might be, um, you know, you might be still starting out. You might be first, you know, one or two properties in, and then you're thinking, oh, wow, you know, if I would have bought this 18 months ago, you know, it was 50 grand, 100 grand cheaper. Uh, and, um, you know, should I continue to buy? you know, et cetera, et cetera. And the answer is yes. Uh, I've talked about that plenty of times. You know, at the end of the day, you're here to build your property portfolio. You know, buy smartly, buy well, um, and you're going to own this for 15 or 20 years. So the reality is if you buy well, um, then you're going to be okay. So let's let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. And let's have a little look at what uh, an example is right now. So for, uh, and I'll use a Brisbane, uh, a Brisbane example for some of our investors. So a little while ago, maybe 18 months ago, two years ago, you could get a nice quality property, a nice quality house. Uh, hopefully you guys can see this here where I'm um, making some changes, which is in the property market value section, which is, um, you know, you could buy a nice quality house, you know, 650 to 700, 650 to 700 folks. Um, and, um, you know, away you go, pay a bit of stamp duty, I'm using equity to buy that property. You know, I'm lending at over 90%, so I've got some lender's mortgage insurance. And there's some other expenses in there, rates, insurances, you know, property management fees, et cetera, okay? So basically what we've got here is that, uh, you know, 18 months ago, two years ago, that would rent for $600 a week. Actually, it's renting for $550, actually. Um, uh, $550 a week, and, um, you know, Interest only to begin with, 3%. That's fairly standard um, as we go. And you guys know my approach to this, you know, the first three to five years, get yourself an interest only loan. Extend that if you are still in acquisition phase. Uh, then after that, if you want to, let it go to principal interest. I prefer to keep it interest only for as long as possible and pay off my non-deductible debts. But, you know, let's talk about what that looks like um, as you go. Um, but, uh, and, you know, so stick with me here just quickly so we can have a little look at what's happening, what's going on uh, in this rent compression world. I know it's a bit hard to, to uh, concentrate on a spreadsheet this early in the morning, so hopefully you've had enough coffee. Hey, good morning, Kylie. Good to see you. I think Bridget and Ben just popped in, so great to see you guys. Hey, listen, so then you've got some – I've got someone being paid 100 grand and you know, got a bit of depreciation and all that sort of stuff over here on the right-hand side. So hopefully, hopefully that's all making sense there, folks. So let's pop over and have a look at what the return, what the cash flow looks like um, from uh, from your point of view as a property investor. So you know the the interesting ones here. You know when we have a look at this, which is the pre-tax cash flow, pre-tax cash flow. Um, uh, in there, so be like, all right, well, it's positive pre-tax cash flow. That's fine. I'm very happy. The last two years, really, probably the last three years, with the interest rates being so low, pre-tax cash flow has been, you know, been, you know, fairly common. 
and then after tax cash flow, which we get some tax back and stuff like that, yeah, that property's seven hundred or seven thousand, six, seven thousand dollars positive cash flow after tax. Okay. Now, if you don't know what after tax means, you need to reach out to your coach and go through that. I'm not going to do that today, but basically your capacity uh, as a PAYG earner to claim some tax as you go is pretty important. Okay, remember that one. So are you still following? Hopefully you're still there. Don't fall off the wagon here because this this is this is the part that I want to sort of have a quick look at. So let's go. Let's go. So in that area, now we've had some growth over two years and that property now you are investing maybe 800 to 850. Let's just do that. Let's just do that worst case scenario. Similar numbers in here. I'm using equity. Uh, if you're using a cash deposit, that's fine. Um, but I'm just doing some rough numbers uh, in here just to show the example today. Everything else is pretty well the same. Everything else is pretty well the same when it comes to um, comes to the expenses. So our price, our value has gone up. Let's say a hundred, hundred and fifty dollars, a hundred and fifty grand in two years. Fantastic. We're all sort of yes, winning. The rent has only gone up fifty bucks. It's still gone up a bit, okay. But what's happened, team, is the value is out performing the rent uh, from a dollar percentage point of view, and that's what we're called. What what's called um, yield compression, uh, and uh, it can be something that can affect your cash flow if you're not uh, cognizant of what's going on, okay? All right, stick with me. We're on the home stretch here for the spreadsheet, and then we'll get into some pictures uh, and some drawings. So, but, but look at this, team. Okay, when we go over the page now, what that's done is the price of that property before tax, before tax, has now gone into a negative situation, like a negative cash flow. Now, is that normal? We asked it last night, chuck it in the chat. It's very normal, folks. It's very normal for uh, this cycle part of the marketplace for the prices and values to rise quicker than the rents. That, that's very normal. It happens every single time. Sometimes the rents go first. Sometimes the values go first. But, you know, that cycle, uh, that cycle happens. And I'm going to talk about why that's not concerning me as a property investor and why it shouldn't concern you as a property investor if you're smart about what you do uh, and what you buy uh, in the next little bit. So it's gone negative there, but still after tax, you know, you're getting a, getting a refund of income from your um, quite normal heartache. That's it. Um, you're getting a refund from your PAYG taxes and, you know, happy days. It's still working. It's still working, folks, okay? So that might concern some people, and, and that's just some quick rough numbers there when it comes to just an example this morning. We're borrowing at 90% and we've got an interest-only loan. Principal and interest is different um, when it comes to your cash flow. Uh, but remember this, principal, you are paying the property off. So, you know, um, it's, not, it's not a disaster. You're starting to pay that property off. I just wouldn't choose to pay off an investment property while you've got your own home uh, still with a debt, okay? So that's be cognizant of how you structure your finance, okay? So 
some of those properties may be tipping into the negative cash flow space up front. But let's just look at this. Let's just see, just for one example, how far does this have to go to get us back to pre-tax positive cash flow if the interest rates stay the same? I think they're going to go up a smidgen, but let's see. $650, $50 up, $50 up, boom, boom, folks, boom. All right, it, it went up. You only have to go up 50 bucks to get back to positive cash flow, okay? Let's have a look at this. Let's say the interest rates go up 1%. Let's see what that does to our report um, over here. Boom, oh, that's nasty. That's nasty. How far does our rent have to go up? Let's put it another 100 all right, getting close, 800, oh, pretty close, let's do that, 850, all right, now, boom, we're back to pre-tax positive cash flow, okay, but notice, notice over here, even at 750, 750, our after-tax cash flow is still, still positive cash flow after-tax, folks, okay, so when we have a look at it, even if it goes up 1%, after tax cash flow is still positive, your rents go up, your rents will go up, okay? Now, hopefully that makes sense. Uh, and I'm just uh, mucking around on the spreadsheet there, so um, uh, that might not be as clear or visible uh, to you this morning. But the point is, when your values go up, and the rents are far behind, we're going to get some upside for rental boom, rental growth. And have a look at this. There's just a couple of things going on that uh, you guys have heard before when it comes to us and our property investing. All right, check out a couple of these little articles here. You know, tenants feel the pinch as rent jumps $100 a week. Now, some of you might be sitting there going, oh, what, Jason, the rent going up $100? Are you kidding me? I was arguing with my agent the other day about putting it up $5. Well, I'm telling you, the right properties in the right spot are going up $100, uh, $200 a week. One of, the, one of the team I was just chatting with last night in the content team, his rent went up $160. Boom, like that. $160, bucks, folks. Okay? We are sitting on a massive, on the edge of a massive rental boom. Okay? Brisbane hits its tightest vacancy rate in 16 years. Only three, look at this, like this puts it in perspective. <laughs> Only 3,878 homes for rent. Now that must be houses, I'm sure. Folks, seriously, have a look at the pressure building up in there, right? Check out the vacancy rates just came out uh, January 2022. This is from SQM Research. Look at this. We are in Desperate times, folks, desperate times when it comes to uh, the world of property. Um, look at it over there, vacancies, um, 5,886. So, you know, that includes the um, – that includes – oh, there it is, 3,878. Wow. Wow, that's just mind-blowing, team. Like, just just try and get your head around this stuff, right? Try and get your – imagine trying to rent a house in Hobart. Look at that. That's ludicrous. 86 properties. Hardex Perth, Perth one went up. So, but you look at Melbourne and Sydney and you go, oh, oh, okay. Look beyond the stats there, folks. All right, look the look beyond the stats. Those ones in Sydney, 
Those ones in Melbourne. Those ones. I don't think, think that's very good English. <laughs> it's probably rubbish English. What type of property is vacant? Specifically, what location is the majority of those vacancies in Sydney and Melbourne right now, folks? Tell me. You guys should know this. Um, where are they? Because that's not the real vacancy rate of of most of Melbourne and Sydney, okay? Tell me in the chat, where is this vacancy? Because I can tell you right now, based on based on what we know, um, apartments, yes, Brendan, but specifically where are those apartments and what style of, of tenant? Um, yep, the triple O postcode, Sharon, which is CBD Apartments, Okay, Brendan, and we would never buy a CD apartment. That's ludicrous. We do not ever buy team. Folks, listen, don't buy CBD double zero postcode locations ever. But who's the tenant? Who's the tenant, folks? Who's the tenant? Put it right. Put it in the chat for me. Who's that tenant? That's not your regular uh, mum and dad, uh, PAYG, career-focused folks, by and large, in those apartments, which are pretty average often. Uh but who's the who's who's who isn't here making those vacancies? Um, boom, Sharon. Boom. The students, folks. The students aren't here. If you took those vacancies out, every single city in Australia would be in the one percent or below vacancy rate. So, team like cafe workers, students. Yeah, it's that inner city crowd living in those very average properties that we wouldn't invest in anyway, you go one to two K away from those locations, folks, and those vacancy rates are 1% in those cities. Uh, and it's coming. It's coming. We, we have on our doorstep now 200,000 people ready to enter Australia, uh, students, migrants, visa workers, etc. And uh, I can tell you, those vacancy rates will be 1% before you know it. Before you know it. Okay. And what will happen? Our rents will go up. Okay. And that's, we're just cycling around here, just kind of catching this from every angle, team, just to make sure we get it. We understand where we're at. We are in the worst rental crisis Australia has seen in its history, ever, ever in history ever in history. If the interest rates go up 1%, which I don't think they'll go up 1%, the cash rate might, but not interest rates. Okay, there's a difference. Um, um, the, the rents catching up to uh, what's long-term averages, which is about a 5% yield in most places and a 4% yield in others. It's, it's just, that's normal. That's a normal catch-up. That's a normal um, expected or acceptance of rental yield as we go along. So I'm pretty pumped about that team. Um, Canberra should boom with the with the students coming in as well, Hardik. Yeah, Hardik, the, the students don't – the the number one location for the student population is Melbourne. Uh, it's got the top six universities for students. Um, so I'm a big fan of that. Sydney will get a bunch of those as well. They'll get that, uh, you know, that, that I think it's a 149 visa, which is like you get a one or two year, you know, working visa. So um, that'll, it's, it's coming, it's happening, team. Um, but yeah, Perth, uh, Harding, I think Perth will get its own 
uh, it gets its own gig. It gets its own momentum from its economic activity. And for Perth right now, it's just had 10 years worth of, like, <laughs> just got beaten for 10 years. Uh, and it's got something. <coughs> it's got something in its uh, mining economy that that you've got to understand and know. So I'm I'm mostly a fan of the East Coast, folks. Um, I'm not a fan of Hobart, um, but it's done really well. Uh, it's just economically, I just don't understand where people are. How how are people how are people in Hobart when it's the lowest average wage in Australia going to pay higher rents? Like just. Just riddle me that one, folks. Riddle me that one. Riddle me that one. Riddle me, you know, how the average house price is going to double in Hobart when the when the incomes are the lowest in the country. Like just, it's not going to happen. Not going to happen. But anyway, I'm happy to be wrong. Uh, I'm just not going to invest there. Some, some others might. Um, but look at this. You know, we have some interesting stats around the country. You know, when you have a look at, you know, Sydney and, and Canberra and, and Melbourne and even some of these like, you know, outer-lying cities and whatever. But the one that I think is the most interesting for, for me is Melbourne, all right? Check that out, okay? Melbourne has been, has had the worst time of it. Uh, and that's why, for me, the prices down there, as you saw last night, you can still get good quality properties within that 20 to 30-kilometre ring from Melbourne for, for in the 600s, which is crazy. But the rents have been compressed because of COVID. You wait, all those students coming to Melbourne, things are going to get funky. Things are going to get crazy. Anyway. Anyway, there you go. Did it make sense? Did that make sense, team? Chuck it in the chat for me. Did that make sense to you this morning? As a little bit of an addendum, an extension to last night's conversation. Um, you know, as we roll into this next part of the cycle, the, the rental... Um, Tell me right now, when I'm talking, watch out, folks, this rental boom's coming. It's going to gonna go for it. What's the time frame? What's the time frame? What do you guys think of the time frame you're going to see this play through into the marketplace, okay? Because real estate is slow, not like the stock market. Certainly not like the um, – <laughs> certainly not like, you know, uh, the digital currency world. You can buy one thing one minute and it's worth more or less the next minute. 12 to 24 months, yep, yep, I think that's probably a bit fast, Alison. I would say 18 to 36, but you're right. It's going to take some time. Yep, one to five years, Brendan, I reckon that's, that's your time frame. That it'll flow through, team, and, and I reckon depending on politics, which is always our number one risk, right? That's our number one risk as investors, the mad pollies, um, the mad pollies. We're going to see this effect coming to fruition. You know, it's going to start to really show up 12 to 18 months away and we're going to see it really pump into the market for, for one to three years after that, okay? That's, that's, what, I, that's what I see. Uh, and and there will, there's no there's, – folks, there's, we, we know so many builders and developers cancelling projects because they just can't make it work because of all sorts of things, you know, government constriction, you know, uh, risky construction prices, all sorts of stuff, right? The supply chain is, it's broken. Anyway, I'm just rabbiting on. <laughs> you guys get the gist. Get in there, Alison. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure um, 
I'm sure there's a couple of uh, nice opportunities that the team could help you have a sniff at. Anyway, anyway, that's it, folks. I'm done. Actually, I've gone over time, haven't I? Um, but uh, good to chat with you guys this morning. Thanks for joining for another Wealth Coffee Chat. You guys stay awesome and well. And remember, buy well, never sell. This thing's a marathon, not a sprint. And join me tomorrow, around about the same time, for another Wealth Coffee Chat. Bye-bye. See you, team.